Hello, hello, everyone. How are you all doing this lovely day? I hope you're all having a wonderful week. Uh, today, uh, there isn't really much in terms of news. Um, <clears throat> we do have some news in regards to uh, some of the awards being given out for uh, or at the... What's it called? What are they called? Oh, yeah, the Oscars, that thing. <laughs> uh, there were some words given out at the Oscars uh, to some Disney films that I just wanted to read out. Uh, the first one, of course, is this is going to be like the major headlines, uh, just because I think that these films definitely deserve that. Uh, of course, we have Cruella, which won the Academy Award for Best Costume Design. And quite frankly, it fully deserved it. That movie was visually so good. And, like, the fashions in that movie, like, still resonate in my head. It's crazy. Uh, the award for Best Animated Feature Film was Encanto, which is awesome, which is great. And it's just really nice to know that the that the movie is getting recognized. And it won another award from the Guild of Music Supervisors for Best Song Written and or Recorded for a Film, which was Los Uruguitas. Well-deserved, in my opinion. Uh yeah, so that's pretty much all of it. Like, uh, it's been a pretty quiet week, I think, in terms of Disney news. Uh, not a whole lot's going on. Of course, you know, Ron DeSantis is still kind of screaming about, you know, Disney kind of taking the side of, I suppose you could say taking the side of the liberals, you know, in, in terms of the don't say gay bill and all that jazz. But, you know, nobody wants to hear what he has to say because he, he already has said too much. Anyway, uh, I want to get started on this film because uh, The Rescuers was a surprisingly fun movie and I didn't realize how fun it was and or I guess I'd forgotten how fun it was until I watched it again but it's very good um it's funny because I think this is probably the first movie that we've come across that has a cold open like we have a cold open in this movie we see uh the start of um like we see the abandoned riverboat in the devil's bayou and we see Orphan Penny dropping the message, dropping the bottle message into the water and all of that. And then it goes into the opening credits, which are these beautiful, like, map paintings uh, of just, like, torrential storms and seas and everything. Uh, until finally the bottle ends up on the shores of New York, where a bunch of mice find it. And, of course, they take it to um, the uh, Rescue Aid Society. Now... A point of note is uh, during the credits, uh, we see a particular name that I think some of us uh, would be very, very, very familiar with, uh, who was one of the art directors or art directors or animation directors. Um, I can't remember what his credit was in the film, but it's either it's either an art or a film director. Um, sorry, directing animator. That's what it was of Don Bluth his first Disney film. So this is where Don Bluth's career gets started with this film and you see it immediately. I mean, like growing up a fan of Don, of Don Bluth's work, of course, as you know, anyone really is, or a lot of people are, there are certain aspects of his animation that you recognize. Like for example, the almost perfect fluidity of the animation and its, and its motions and how realistic they are. They're almost, um, it's uh, there's like a word for it, but I can't remember what it is. But it's like picture perfect. Uh, there's instances um, when we come. So after the credits 
finished rolling, we cut to the UN, the United, the actual United Nations in New York City, and we see a bunch of people walking around. But the thing is, if you notice, like the people that are walking around are walking around too perfectly, if that makes sense. Like it's almost un, it's almost unrealistically realistic. It's really hard to, it's really hard to describe the animation, but it's noticeably different than anything we've seen. And this is because, of course, Don Bluth had uh, had his say in this film. And as we know from Don Bluth's later work, uh, one of the kind of, I guess one of the very clear things about his animation is how beautifully fluid a lot of, uh, a lot of it works out. Or a lot of it is, um, oh, my God, my words, uh, how beautiful a lot of it looks in terms of the motion with the characters. But I digress. We cut to uh, scenes of little mice, kind of little mice delegates coming out of like the pockets and suitcases of all these other various actual UN delegates. Um, And they're all going in their own special entrance to go to the Rescue Aid Society, which I suppose is... uh, which is an international like mouse organization that their whole purpose is to help people. Uh, and so, yeah, so they come together, they sing their little oath, which is so cute. I love that they have an oath. It's interesting that it's in English, but you know, what can you do? Uh, um, maybe, maybe it's just because like English is one of them is like one of the, more common languages in the world and i guess they kind of do that anyway but that's a whole other that's a whole other thing um so they do their oath and then they bring out the bottle and this is where well we meet our characters we meet uh we meet bernard who's the janitor of the rescue aid society who i feel like in his heart wants to be a member um but you know he's very he's very suspicious like there's you know he doesn't like the number 13 for example uh, but like while they're doing the oath, he's sing- he's doing the oath as well, like with his hand over his heart and everything. And in comes late to the meeting, I might add, uh, in comes Bianca, Bianca, the beautiful white Hungarian delegate, uh, white because she's a white mouse. Uh, and I guess that matters. No, it doesn't matter. Anyway, this be- the the beautiful Hungarian delegate who walks in, who's literally turning everyone's heads. Everyone's just like, oh my goodness, uh, and so. That's where she comes in. Uh, and then they bring in the bottle after the oath, or after the anthem, I guess, uh, which is done by these cute little mouse scouts, uh, which I can only I can only assume is like a reference to the Mouseketeers in some way, whether it's on purpose or not. Uh, and so they bring in the, the, the bottle that Penny did and then uh, bring Bernard in to um, uncork the bottle and pull out the note. Uh, he's adorable in his stammering. He's holding the ladder above his head and he like swings it around. He's like, Oh, sorry, excuse me. It's very cute. It's a little bit of like physical comedy. Uh, and then he puts it on the thing and then he climbs the ladder. Of course he's like, Oh, there's uh there's 13 rungs on this ladder, which is really just a comb. And, and the, the head guy is just like, so it's just very funny. Uh, and then, yeah, so Bernard uncorks it, pulls out the note, uh, and kind of falls into the bottle and he's kind of like hanging out in there. And they un- they unroll it and they read it and of course it is a plea to uh, Morningside Orphanage, which is where Penny was originally uh, living, because of course she's an orphan. 
So it's a plea to the orphanage to come and find her and to help her uh, because she's effectively been kidnapped and is now in Louisiana trying to help these people find a diamond, which is basically what they're trying to do. We'll get to that later. And so the the head mouse reads the thing and then uh, Penny, not Penny, Bianca reads it as well and she volunteers herself to uh, for the mission. And then uh, the head guy, this is a very interesting thing because the head guy's like, oh, like this is, this is un, like this is, uh, uh, this is uncalled. This is, uh, this is not what is done. You don't send a woman out to do it. It's, it's not like how. It, but then again, it's not like how it was. It's n- not a man's world anymore. And it's just very like, oh, you're sounding very, very <sighs> annoying. Like they, they're finding it really difficult to just accept the fact that Bianca wants to just go and do the thing, you know. And so, uh. Yeah, and so Bianca goes, but he, but the guy advises that somebody else go with her, uh, you know, just to make sure that everything's okay. Which, uh, which, if it weren't for the very obvious misogyny, uh, I would be more on board because you know you you shouldn't go alone. Like you should have somebody with you to aid you and to make sure you're just to keep you safe in general. So I agree in that she shouldn't go alone, but I don't think she should go alone, or I don't think she shouldn't go alone because she's a woman. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. And so she had kind of like watched Bernard and kind of like, I suppose, became smitten by him, by his earnestness and chose him to go with her, even though literally every other male delegate was like, oh, me, 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 choose me, you know. So she and Bernard end up on the first train, not train, sorry, the first flight to the Devil's Bayou, which is in Louisiana, and they are in New York. (laughs) <laughs> and so they get the plane and it's of course not a regular plane because they're mice. No, they head on to Albatross Air, uh, which is a literal albatross uh, named Orville, <laughs> who basically does, I guess, just flights to and from the Devil's Bayou, I guess. And so he does. So he goes and he takes off and uh, the flight, I feel like. Because you see, at least it goes from night to day to night. And so I feel like it's at least a full 24 hours to fly from New York to the Devil's Bayou. And for a bird to, like, I know birds can fly for long long distances, but that's, like, flying for a full day? Man, that's wild to me. Anyway, but yeah, no, they end up, uh, so there is a beautiful little flying montage, you know, you can see there, Bianca and Bernard are kind of getting a little more cozy, you know, it's nighttime again, and so Bianca snuggles up to Bernard. Oh, hold on, I completely skipped. I skipped a whole segment. Okay, so before all of this, before they fly away, uh, because they don't actually know that she's in the devil's body, it doesn't actually say. Uh, they go to the orphanage first. Wow. My brain just went whoop. It just took off like an albatross. So after they read the letter, I'm so sorry. I'm doubling back. So they, so they read the letter and then they go to the orphanage to go and find some information. And so you can kind of see a little bit of cuteness happening. It's, it's, it's very, it's kind of meet cutie, I guess, sort of between Bernard and Bianca. Um, and they're on their way to the orphanage. Uh, they first try to go to the zoo. That doesn't go well because I guess 
Bernard scares a lion or something from waking him up. And then they end up, uh, no, again, oh my god. All these segments are, no, that's right. Is that right? No, hold on. Yeah, no, that's right. So they go to the zoo, and then from the zoo, then they eventually find their way to the orphanage. So they go to the orphanage, and they sneak into the bedroom. And then they find a box of Penny's items, and they deduce that it's... Why why are Penny's things still here if she's not supposed to be here? You know, because I I think the initial assumption was that she had been adopted, and so all of her stuff was taken, but all of her stuff is still there. And so they go into the box, and they're fishing through the box, and then they find a cat named Rufus, who is just like, don't worry, I'm way too old to be chasing mice, it's fine. And so they ask him questions. They ask him to see, they ask him where Penny has been, and when was the last time he saw her. And the last time he saw her was like, uh, I guess like earlier that week, and she was sad because uh, parents came, and they adopted someone else, and they didn't adopt her, and so she's feeling down about it. And it's really sad because I bet that there are really orphans who, like, think that way. It's just really sad. Like, poor kids. The poor children. Uh, And so from there, uh, Rufus tells them about how, it's like, oh, well, maybe, well, there was this weird creepy lady who, like, owns a pawn shop that, like, may have had something to do with it. So, like, okay, cool, pawn shop. So they go to the pawn shop. Uh, and they discover this, and while they're there, they find Penny, like, one of Penny's notebooks, and they're like, okay, so she was here, and then in comes, in storms Medusa, because the the phone is ringing, and so she's like this, really, she's, she's like, <laughs> she's almost like Cruella Light, honestly, and I can understand, because apparently, during production, when the, when the animators were kind of, figuring this movie out initially they had debated on making a Cruella sequel sort of like with just the character of Cruella. Um, but then one of the animators that's working on the film was like, no, 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 I'm not going to touch that character because the guy who actually made that character did a genius job and I'm not touching her. So, you know, it was one of those. And so they kind of created, or they did this other character, Medusa, uh, who is, is gives off a little bit of Cruella vibes in that she's just like an evil woman. Um, but it's still very much her own character and I dig it. Uh, and so she answers the phone and it's her like business partner, I guess, Mr. Snoops. Uh, and she's like, she's like, any luck finding the diamond, the devil's eye and all this other stuff. And he's like, no, cause she, cause you know, the girl won't, uh, cooperate and everything. She's like, you know what? Fine. I'm coming down myself. So she grabs a suitcase. She packs all of her stuff. Uh, and then I think this is where they figure out that they're in the devil's bayou packs up her stuff, and then heads out. And then this is where they see an opportunity to sneak into the suitcase. Uh, but, of course, only Bernard gets in the suitcase. Bianca doesn't. She's kind of, like, hanging off a bra strap that's just, like, hanging outside of the suitcase. She Medusa jumps into her car, which looks a lot like the Coupe de Ville. Again, very very much Cruella vibes. It's, like, driving down the street like a crazy person, like a freaking madman. And then... Uh, takes a hard turn, the suitcase flies out of the car and bursts open. And so, of course, Bernard and Bianca are forced to do something different. And so they find their own way. So this is where they get to the airport. So they get to the airport. They get to uh, Oroville, who who takes them on their flight. So now we are on. So now we're back. Now we're back to the flight to Devil's Bayou. 
after the little flight montage that happened that showed, uh, you know, Bird and Bianca getting nice and cozy together, uh, we see, we cut to, um, we cut to the riverboat and we see Penny trying to escape again. Uh, and then this is where, because of course Medusa had arrived sooner. And so when they, they find out that Penny has escaped. And so they send these two crocodiles, these giant, or no, they're like alligators, uh, Brutus, Brutus and Nero, because of course they're named Brutus and Nero, <laughs> Uh, to help find, uh, to go find Penny again because she has escaped and fled into into the swamp again. And so, Mister Snoops lights up fireworks in the sky to to illuminate the bayou because it's it's nighttime and everything. And uh, so while that's happening, Orville is like saying he's like we're about to land when a freaking firework comes up and explodes in his face. And then like there's fireworks everywhere. He gets nipped in the tail feathers and he begins his and he begins his descent. And he's like plummeting down bianca and bernard uh fall out of the thing and they use an umbrella to for like a slow descent because that's how that works i've never known that to ever actually happen but you know cartoons uh and then they land in um they land in the swamp and they come across these other very very sweet characters um one is named uh ellie may who is Oh no, they're both muskrats. Ellie Mae and Luke, who are like these southern, the southern couple who are just adorable. Luke is hilarious because he's carrying one of those like big, uh, like those big, I guess, I guess like uh, those big jugs that people normally drink like moonshine out of, and it's got like very very strong homemade liquor in it, and he's just like drinking it, and it's just it's very funny, uh, and. So they find them, uh, and of course they 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 know Orville, because uh, I guess again he's come back and forth, uh, and then they find Bernard and Bianca, and they bring them back to, and they uh, help aid them, uh, because they because Bernard and Bianca tell them that they're trying to go and save Penny, and of course, uh, the two muskrats know of Penny because they live like right next to the riverboat, and so they know they know what's going on, and of course they want to help, so. Uh, Afterwards, they get into a boat, uh, which is driven by this dragonfly named Evenrude, uh, because there they see that that the that the alligators have captured Penny and Penny's Teddy, and so they're on their way back, and then they follow them back to the riverboat, and so they arrive at the riverboat, uh, and then that's where they kind of get more of the story. They get the story that Penny is being used to find this diamond because. You know, Medusa and Mr. Snoops effectively want riches, which, you know, is kind of just the goal of a lot of general bad people, I suppose. <laughs> Greed. So they find Medusa and Mr. Snoops. And then, like I said, they they discover what the, the actual plan is. And then they try and sneak through. And after Medusa and Snoops had left, all that's left are the gators. And so they're kind of like hiding but unfortunately, the gators smell Bianca because Bianca is wearing this very strong perfume. So they sniff around and they find them. And then a whole bunch of like <laughs> a whole bunch of hilarious physical comedy ensues. They run around. They get chomped at. They fall into an organ uh, that the gators are like hammering to like puff them out of the pipes and stuff, which is very funny. 
But what gets even more funny is that Medusa, hearing all this commotion, comes out, see that there's mice running around, and proceeds to start blasting with a freaking shotgun everywhere. Uh, Snoops is like trying to smash them with brooms and everything, but eventually, of course, Bianca and Bernard escape. They head up to Penny's room, uh, where they see Penny is like giving a prayer, uh, you know, for all the kids in the orphanage and everything. Uh, and then they come in, they introduce themselves. Penny, of course, doesn't bat a freaking eye, which is crazy to me. <laughs> it's like you have two mice on your bed that are just talking to you. What? But then again, she did have a communicative relationship with Rufus, who would talk to her. So I guess she's used to talking to animals. And so Bernard and Bianca basically give her the lowdown, like, here's what's happening. We're from the Rescue Aid Society. We're here to rescue you. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Did you bring the police? And they're like, what? No, we're mice. It's very funny. Anyway, and so they figure out a plan to uh, to escape. And then cut to uh, the muskrats, and there they are with some other, like, bayou folk. There's a rabbit with a fishing line. There's... I think I want to say he's an ex-Confederate soldier who's a turtle, which is really funny. But I say he's an ex-Confederate soldier because he has a Confederate hat, which is just really funny to me, which I think is supposed to be just like an, ind- an indicator that it takes place kind of in the South because it's Louisiana. Um, and then, of course, Evenrude, who this whole time has been trying to get back but has been running or, I guess, flying away from bats who are trying to eat him. He eventually gets back. Uh, and then... He's, like, exhausted. He's pooped out. And then uh, Luke gives him, like, a droplet of his liquor. And even you're just, like, perks right up again. It's just very funny. Uh, oh, no. Well, that's the next morning. But that's just a very funny thing that happens. Um, but what happens is they're all talking about what to do. And they're all talking about how they're going to help. And they're, like, we just – because we know that Penny's going to need to go back into that – into that wretched place again. Because what, she, what she's being forced to do is go down into this – like effectively a hole, a pit, which is like an old, uh, I guess an old pirate's cove, but it's super, super tiny uh, that only a little a little child can fit through. So they lower her. So the next morning they go back to it. It's called a black hole. Uh, and then they lower her into it with Bianca and Bernard in her pockets. She doesn't know, of course, Medusa and Snoops don't know. And then the whole thing is they're trying to find the devil's eye and they're trying to find it just so that they can finish everything. And then over a little little ways deeper into the cave, there's this giant pit uh, that you hear gurgling and everything. And presumably in this cave, there's a chasm where the water comes through and then that and the water erupts out of it. And so as they get closer, uh, Penny shines her light and there's a big sort of like, or, or there's a big sh- uh, like glare back. And they're like, what's that? And so Bernard uh, and Bianca head over there to, to investigate. And there they find a skull. And in the skull, they find the devil's eye so they've found it now the job is to get it out but the problem is that the tide is coming back in and so all this water is starting to erupt through this hole and so now we've got stakes now we've got shit happening and so they're trying they're like prying open the skull open with a sword and everything they're trying to get it through one of the eye holes it doesn't fit it's too big eventually they get it out and uh, like right before uh right before they reach the bucket that that they were lowered in they get like they almost get swallowed up into the chasm, like into the into the deep deep hole, and then suddenly, it all comes erupting out. They're all fly, they all fly out of the hole again, and then Penny sees the opportunity to grab the rope. She pull she gets pulled back up, and then of course now she has the devil's eye. So everyone's happy. Medusa, 
Now, this is, of course, where the double cross happens. So Medusa is, of course, going to keep the diamond and is like, fuck snoops. And so they head back to the thing, and then it, of course, or they head back to the riverboat, and, of course, we find out that Medusa is just going to kill snoops because she wants to keep all the money for herself and kill Penny because she doesn't want to be caught. So, of course, like, we, like, come on. It's classic bad guy behavior. Uh, and so what ends up happening is all the other woodland creatures, that's when they come back. That's that's when Evenrude gets the drop of liquor in his mouth and he's like, and he sounds the horn and everybody charges through and it's very funny. And then Bernard and Bianca uh, kind of go through with the plan. Uh, they cause a huge commotion. Uh, they lure the, the alligators into this elevator cage thing. Uh, and they lock them in there so they don't have to worry about them. Uh, they set off fireworks to create even more commotion. And then Penny uh, and the rest of the animals escape on the, the little... Uh, it's, like a, it's almost like a really, really old, old falling apart sea <laughs> Uh And they take so the diamond is hidden inside teddy and so penny takes teddy and so eventually uh they get stranded or medusa and snoops get stranded on the riverboat because the riverboat is sinking now and penny and bianca and uh bernard basically head back up to new york city and penny is now free penny escapes uh and uh, Bianca and Bernard are uh, celebrated for a job well done and all that other good stuff. Uh, Penny is actually not only is she recognized for having discovered or having found the Devil's Eye and returned it to them. I think it, they say it's in the Smithsonian now, um, but she is then adopted. So it's a happy happy ending at the end. There's a big uh, and there's of course uh, news covering it. They interview her and she's like, "Yeah, like I couldn't have done it without my friends Bernard and Bianca from the Rescue Aid Society." Uh, and they're li- they're little talking mice, and of course the newscaster's like mice, right? It's just very funny. Of course, nobody believes her. Cause who's gonna believe a little girl when she says that she's talking to talking mice? So all in all, it was uh, a job well done all around. Everyone is excited. Everyone is happy that Penny is now safe and sound. And yeah, and then they get word of another distress call, and of course Bianca's like, "Ooh, Bernard, we should go. We should go." And Bernard's like, "All right, I guess," and like very reluctantly. And off to the next adventure. So, all in all, this movie was actually very fun. It was, it had its beautiful dramatic moments. It had comedy. It had, like, actual stakes. Like, it was exciting. And uh, the characters were fun. The songs were okay. Uh, Like, they weren't great. Uh, They were very kind of simple. Um, A lot of them were performed by this performer named uh, Shelby Flint. Uh, who's an American singer-songwriter uh, who had two top 100 hits, Angel on My Shoulder in 1961 and Cast Your Fate to the Wind in 1966. So she's a uh, a singer like that, like from um, uh, from the mid-20th century. Uh, but yeah, so you have things like uh, The Journey, which is the song that was done during the opening credits. Uh, there's Tomorrow is Another Day, which I think was, done, was sung... Uh, like while Penny was being all sad and staring at the stars kind of thing. Um, But yeah, so there's a few songs in here. um, And 
like I said, they're not super memorable, but this then again, this particular era of Disney doesn't have a lot of the iconic, iconic uh, songs that we would really know, right? So, like, uh, yeah, like, The Rescuers doesn't really have, like, the only, like I said earlier, the only one from Winnie the Pooh that we really know is the theme song, or is, like, his, his main song. Uh, and then, of course, Fox and the Hound, which will be uh, later, doesn't really has like a song that people know of in it and it's really sad <laughs> oh that's a sad moment we'll get to it oh boy anyway um the cast of this film though the cast of this movie is great you have bob newhart as bernard whom if you like if you don't know who bob newhart is you would know him to see him he is very very easily recognizable especially in the face uh he played bernard Ava Gabor is Miss Bianca, who is, of course, uh, who was um, Duchess in the Aristocats. Uh, and it's really, it, it, I thought it was really cool that uh, they made her, um, that they made Bianca the Hungarian representative because Ava Gabor is, in fact, Hungarian. So I just thought that was a very cool, or I thought that was very good because uh, then her accent makes sense and everything. Uh, Geraldine Page is. Uh, Madame Medusa. Uh, the name rings a bell to me. Uh, I can't quite place why, but it's one of those names where you just you just know. Um, let's see who else. Uh, well, that's kind of it, really, in terms of like really imme- like easily recognizable voices. But yeah, but all in all, everyone did a really really good job. It was a great it was a great 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 film. Uh, 7.5 million dollar budget box office of 169 million I, I think it made its money back uh and it's not even that long it's like not even it's not even an hour 15 so it so the fact that they were able to condense so much story into this film I think just proves that you don't need you don't need something super super long in order to tell a good story all you need to do is just get to the beats get to the beats that need to be get that need to be got to and then you'll be fine and that's what this movie did. This movie did a really, really good job of that. Um, what else can I say about this film? I highly recommend it. I give it like a 7 or 8 out of 10. It's really fun. Uh, in terms of production, like uh, it's based off a book called The Rescuers by Marjorie Sharp, um, which is a children's novel. Uh, and, of course, as many things, uh, Walt wanted to have this movie... Uh, or put this book into a movie uh, in 1962 after Sharp followed up uh, the Rescuers book with another, with a sequel called Miss Bianca. Um, and this, this story like went through a bunch of different iterations until finally ended up with what we have now. For example, uh, quite a few iterations still revolved around a lot of animal characters. Uh, and then eventually they just settled on uh, these human characters as being, uh, I guess, not foils. Foils isn't the right word, I guess. Um, but counterparts to, or not counterparts either, no. Uh, just to be, just humans to be included into the story uh, while still having, still having, happy. Ha- what is the English language? It is a travesty. While still having some animal characters to work with. And so that's The Rescuers. I... Really, really highly recommend this movie. I think you would really like it. I think everybody should watch it. It's great. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, and I think, you know what? I thought about it. And 
Yes, we're going to do the sequel. I know the sequel is technically part of the Renaissance and we're not touching the Renaissance for a bit yet. But I do think I do think this is okay. I think we can t- pull it because the Renaissance I think we're going to focus a lot on of course the musicals and, you know, which is the majority of the Renaissance. And I think those are going to be the ones that take the most focus. So, I'm going to do that. So, I'm going to do The Rescuers Down Under up next, which is super exciting. Uh, highly underrated, I think. It's a great movie. I'm very excited for it. And so, yeah, so next week we're going to tackle The Rescuers Down Under. I hope you all join me for that. I hope you all uh, enjoy this film. I ha- again, I recommend it. It's not that long. Give it a watch. It's great. Uh, and, yeah, so we'll see you all next time. Make sure you eat your food, drink your water, take your meds, uh, go outside, <laughs> get some air, get some exercise, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Bye.